0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 100-pounder special focus meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. My name is Rita Q, and today is the 20th of July, 2021. And I am absolutely delighted today to welcome Mark S. from Los Angeles. And Mark is going to share his experience, strength, and hope with us. Take it away, Mark.
1: Thank you, Rita. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I am Mark. I'm from uh, Los Angeles. And I am a compulsive overeater, 100-pounder. Emotional trauma survivor. And I am here to share my experience, strength, and hope. I've done a few of these uh, since I came to Hawaii. Uh, first time, I thought, three minutes, how can anyone share for three minutes? What do I have to say? Then I uh, tr- did a 10 minute one and I was like, oh my God, 10 minutes, you know, it uh, just seemed so long to me. Now I've, you know, I'm doing this half hour one, and I don't, I'm not even anxious or worried about it because I know I have a story. And it took away to be able to let me tell my story. Uh, So uh, how it was and what it was like. Uh, I don't remember ever being born an overeater, but I know I've always had a problem or an issue with food. Uh, My earliest memory was that I would only eat bread and water. Uh, I... Use, I definitely uh, viewed food in some way. Um, I am the middle of three children over three boys. Uh, my parents are separated and then divorced. Uh, I was adopted. And uh, I also had some mental difficulties when I grew up. So uh, over that, all of that kind of helps uh Create my overeating personality, but when I was younger, uh, it really—I had definitely a sensory problem when it came to food. It was, I, you know, the color had to be right. Food couldn't be touching. Uh, there was certain things I just would not have at all. If it looked weird, I wouldn't have it. If it looked discolored, I wouldn't have it. Uh, fruits and vegetables were. Little did I know it was a red on my red light food at the time. It would not even, because I thought of it as poison. Uh, slowly over time, I started adding more and more food in. and But ultimately, food was my uh, security blanket. It saved me from the emotional trauma that I was going through. Uh, I definitely, uh, with the mental difficulties, I had problems with school. Uh, I know I went to speech therapist and, uh, you know, to help be able to speak and to be able to read because that's kind of forms of dyslexia. Then uh, going on, uh, that kind of made me also awkward and shy as a child, so I usually try to hide. Uh, I had a nanny for a short time when I was, before I can even remember. I just had one picture of her with me and the smile on my face was a pure joy, uh, which is one of the few times I see myself with a that big of a smile that young. Uh, my mom's French, so the nanny came, was family friend, came from France, and then she was denied entry in the United States. And so I think, uh, you know, just asking my family, that's about when I started having issues with food. Moving on forward, uh, I would slow you know I would slowly go into these things I had sometimes you know some issues coordination and my father was very narcissistic and aggressive and uh, it was never physical but there was emotional abuse there and with that I kind of recoiled because you know um, my parents being my higher power at the time, I just looked at them for everything. And I tried to always see, I had this fantasy view of them being, you know, loving couple, people holding hands. I turned to television uh, and occasionally food. But as time went on, uh, my parents finally divorced after I thought I caused it because I had learned divorce in school and I had no idea what it was. So I asked my parents why they weren't divorced because every 90% of other kids' parents were divorced. Shortly thereafter, they divorced, and I thought it was my fault. Well, my, when my parents separated, my father got an apartment, and I was given the task to buy the food, bring the, uh, prepare the food, make the table, and then clean up afterwards. Well... When someone is having emotional difficulties or trauma, and you give them free, oh, complete carte blanche access to food, sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I bought my own food. Uh, I hid it. Uh, I was not really good at it uh, as I left crumbs everywhere. And, uh, but nevertheless, it was to a certain extent, I guess, a cry for help. And, uh, my father was deaf when it came to that, so he didn't even hear any of it. Uh, at that point, I went to, because of my social uh, issues, uh, I didn't make many friends or I didn't have that many friends growing up through uh, high school or secondary school. Uh, I went into a young teen uh, social group, uh, sort to speak, uh, for to help people out. And that's when I first learned of Overeaters Anonymous, because I had made a, a comment about food, uh, how food was uh, gave me the sensory uh, appreciation that I didn't have from anywhere else, and it still does to this day. Um, uh, and uh, so that's when it was first brought up to me. I was like, Overeaters Anonymous, I'm not an overeater. You know, I completely went against that idea. And... I didn't even think about it for a certain amount of time after that. But I still had the emotional issues. And so I still turned to food. Uh, When I went into college, which, uh, and I moved out and for the first time I moved out on my own, uh, I stopped working out, which was a daily exercise part of the routine. And uh, I got a job at a movie theater. Well, that's when I had my true first compulsive overeating experience, because for an hour and a half between the movie starts and ends, there's nothing to do, and you have this big vat of popcorn just sitting right next to me. Well, munch down that, a little courtesy cup of Coke or soda, and that was pretty much how I spent eight hours you know, during the times in between movies. And yeah, I mean, it tastes good, which is fine, but I gained weight and i don't have a picture of that during that time but uh at least not one digital for going down the road uh i was starting to gain weight and it was noticeable by my doctor so i went to see a nutritionist and who recommended OA again to me this time i actually did go but i just still didn't think i was an overeater so i went in with a closed mind and I didn't hear much of through the meeting, although I, I would try to focus on everything that was not, uh, that I did not associate with. And sure enough, one person's share, which is the only one I focused on, was the fact that their, her higher power was Jesus. And so I was, the meeting was in a church, and I was like, look, it's religious, it's this, I'm not, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not Christian or Catholic, it was definitely not for me. And so I focused on that. So I didn't go, but I still kept the list because there was some voice inside me that said, you know what, not all meetings are like that. It's not all religious. There's gotta be another meeting maybe, or if it is religious, maybe there's a meeting that's, that you can feel more comfortable in, but I did not go. Uh, there was a meeting in my area that I could have gone. And uh, one of my regrets and one of my self-amends is the fact that I did not go at that time, even though I didn't listen to that voice. Uh, so I kept on gaining weight and when I was 30 years old, I hit, uh, 302 pounds. Well, at that point I knew that I weighed too much and that was kind of, that's what I thought was my ceiling bed. And so I went, I was still going to school and I took workout classes. Hey, guess what? When you work out and you start following a food plan, uh, which my teacher helped me create, I lost weight. I lost 65 pounds and I thought I can do it. See? I don't need any program, I don't need anything else. And I felt good, I felt energized. You know, I was. I ran two and a half miles without a problem. Uh, you know, I ran to the beach, ran back, you know, there was a bunch of things that I was able to do now. And it really did, and it was fun. I had a good time, but I did not have the emotional support or the definitely not the spiritual support which the program gives. And sure enough, I gained the weight back and then more. And so in, uh, three years ago, uh, I came into OA after seeing a new nutritionist and a therapist and who was helping me with the physical and the emotional parts of me, you know, uh, my hope and who gave, who assured me all my concerns with OA. And I'm going to share that picture with you and then where I was about a year ago before pandemic just started. And here's my pictures. So the top one is me at 387 pounds. Uh, bottom one is me at about 255 pounds. And same shirt, uh, just, and, you know, it's just sometimes I have to look at it to remember where I was and what, you know, where I'm at. So during the pandemic, I gained a little bit of weight back because, you know, I wasn't going out. I'm sitting at home idle. Uh, Now, the last thing is uh, before of what it was like is I ate loved carbs of all kinds, chips, uh, barbecue flavored potato chips are my red light food. That's my go-to food, especially when I'm dealing with the biggest antagonist in my life, uh, which was my father. Is my father but it's that there is a point where you know what i can't change him and programs help me figure that out uh i can now have meals with him when i'm not feeling triggered and it's not he it's not him who triggers me it's his actions that remind me of the past that trigger me and that's what really gets me going because I will remember things that pass. And then of course, with that, I want to go all the stuff that he used to do. And then that just feels like that weight and you just want to protect yourself from that weight. So uh, I came into the program feeling, you know what? I don't think I'm an overeater yet. And I, but I came to meetings, I came weekly. Uh, I started coming to two different, uh, I came to three different meetings on a regular basis uh I tried a couple other meetings on top of that, so I did go up to about five meetings and I was invited to a few others so over time I've done more than six meetings now weekly I go to five different six different meetings a week and each one has a different focus uh one, I do voices of recovery, which is really good uh, another one is uh used it was uh it's an old school meeting uh, meaning there's people with more than 10 years of experience uh, in OA, of consistent absence. And another one, uh, men's focus meeting. Uh, Then I do an emotional childhood trauma meeting, which definitely has helped me identify the fact that, you know what, I've got a lot of emotions that are tied in and it's being able to recognize those emotions when I want to eat and what's going on. It's taken... My, my nutritionist recognized that right away that I had my emotions tied with my uh, eating. And so she recommended a therapist to me. And even the therapist recognized it right away. But it took me time. It took me away, my time in OA to realize that and to understand that. Just exactly how intricate and interlaced it is. And... I do, I will want to go to food. And sure enough, my first instinct is to go what's simple, what's easy, what's, you know, what's satisfying, but not what's healthy for me. And that's where I'm working towards a healthy body weight is the fact that, you know what, you, uh, I would love to have these, you know, wonderful things as a side, but they're not, and they may be healthy uh, or healthier than uh, other snacks, but given five minutes, I was able to make even a much tastier meal, which is definitely healthier last night. Uh, You know, I had some, boiled some corn and, you know, I seasoned it just a little bit and it came out great and definitely tastier than anything else.
0: Thank
1: you. Uh, So anything better that came out of a package? So going on is I, when I came into OA, I was still shy. Uh, believe it or not I sat in the back of the room I tried to make myself look as small as possible remember that picture not exactly the easiest thing to do I didn't talk to anyone but every time I walked in I was greeted and usually by a couple of the same people good to see you welcome back Uh, and you know it felt good and it was nice to hear that and so I kept coming back because of that and it's like, wait, they like me there just for the sake that I'm there, not for any other reason. So I started uh, in August 9th. Uh, I will have my three years of my three-year anniversary of uh, abstinence. And I started my abstinence on my own. And it's not a perfect abstinence, at least it wasn't at the beginning. And I was losing about a pound a week. I talked to my therapist about it. Uh, who happens to be in OA, but he goes, you know, that's great. You know, you're losing weight, but on that mentality, how much do you want to lose? So I, I said, roughly about 200 pounds. He goes, okay, with that in mind, it's going to take you four years to lose weight. Does that sound good to you? It didn't. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, I could still lose it in four years. That's great. But you know, that really was way too long. So he goes, maybe you should get a, th- you know, a sponsor. And so I really actively started listening to who might be, whom I want to sponsor. And there was one gentleman who I heard him share a couple times. And he had everything I wanted. He was where I was, overeater. He was overweight. He didn't have friends. He had problems with his family. And yet here he was, he had a great career. Everyone loved him. He was very, he had emotional stability he had spirituality and he definitely uh, you know had great relations with everyone and had a family and he had exactly what i wanted so i asked him to be my sponsor we started off with one month uh kind of test run i passed uh you know making sure i, re- I report my food to him every day and called him every day and he's been my sponsor since it is with great humility, I uh, you know, I recognize that he, if it, you know, with him and everyone in the program has helped me to get where I am now. And it is, you know, it is not the fact that I was dragged and kicked and screaming. I had to choose to want this. And because I wanted to have a better life than I did when I came to OA. And I do have a better life. And so what it is like now. I still have my emotional trauma uh, issues they're not they haven't gone away. I still have days of doubt I still have days of regret I still have times where I would love to just dump into any of this but I know that there are tools that I can use there's people I can call that you know have gone through it with me and there are certain routines which are still really hard for me to do. Uh, my morning daily practices, on a good day, is I read my voices of recovery, my four today books. I pray for a few minutes uh, w- with these, and then I meditate. Uh, sometimes I'll meditate, I'll use an app to meditation app to do that. Sometimes it's three to five minutes. Other times I will actually try to stay quiet and I'll just let it go. And as one point person in OA had mentioned, is and which I like is the fact that. Prayer is where we ask our higher power and meditation is where we get the answer. So here's where I would, you know, here's one of the things I asked is the fact that I like to help out people and sure enough, that was part, one of the reasons is the fact that I want to feel useful. I want to feel like I'm part of things. So it stemmed out of that need of wanting to feel included. And so if I can't, be chosen for a team. Maybe I can help out another way. Uh, be the back boy if you play. For those who know, understand uh, baseball, or to you know, let's say the you know the ball person in, in tennis. You know, one of the ball kids. Uh, so whatever term of service. So I brought that into a way, and it really is the fact that am I now people? So it's you know the term people pleasing came up. And so do I people please for being of service or do I people please for me? You know, and it is a fine line. Uh, and it is brought to me that the fact that, you know what, why you're you write about it? In OA, it's okay to have that, to be still doing that people pleasing and being of service with others. Because you're, although you're doing it all the right reasons, you know, there might be the time that it's not, you know, it may not be, you're not getting exactly for you what would be coming out, but it, it will work towards that. So sure enough, I, I go in. And, but the problem is that in, outside of OA, I still people pleased. And what OA has taught me is the fact that I can still people please, but instead of doing everyone else first, let me people please my higher power first. So what would my higher power want me to do? my my higher power will want me to speak for myself when I felt like I was not being uh, listened to, or if I was being, you know, and it could be not, not intent. These things may not be intentional. Uh, uh, Just recently, my father was, uh, I was having lunch with my father and my brother. And my father was talking about something about, uh, I had just bought a house and my father was Uh, talking about my house to my brother and not to me. So I mentioned, I go, you know, that it, and all I mentioned was, hey, you know, this is my house and it's ultimately my choice. So when you talk to me about it or include me in the conversation, my dad looked at me like, he's like, wait, you just, all of a sudden, what, wait, you're here? You know, and for a split second, he realized, or I don't know if he realized, but he, it was something like it, stopped him from talking and then he went right back to his pattern i can't change how he's going to talk as much as i would love to i would love to you know maybe shock him with a you know in some way uh and get him to say no you need to listen to me and you need to respect me but i can't do that that's his you know his cross to bear or whatever it is all i can do is say hey this is me and if you you don't want to do that. That's fine. But I'm not going to accept, you know, listening to what you have to say. So that's was the end of that conversation for me. And it really finally felt good. There were t- Before that, I was usually ignoring it. I stayed quiet. Uh, but now I'm finding a voice, which is really, in some ways, self-empowering. It's strong. It's saying, you know, hey, I'm here and I matter. And we all do uh well and there's definitely whatever the you know your issue with food and mine is the fact that whenever I'm feeling emotions that I'm not familiar with or I don't like or even those emotions I like any emotion I turn to food it is my best friend it is my lover it is my confidant it is food is everything to me And I need to, and I'm finding other, you know, other avenues of that inside OA and a little bit outside OA now. But it is, you know, for the long time, that's what it was. And the fact that it was, you know, because food definitely was my security blanket. And then from there, it became my, you know, my moat, my, you know, my uh, walls to help protect me from the stuff I didn't want to deal with or that I wasn't of dealing with at the time. So I know when I'm having a good spiritual practice, when I know I'm, you know, engaged in healthy eating, when I know I'm dealing with my emotions in a positive manner, I have good days. And yeah, bad things will sometimes happen you know i will ultimately be driving and someone cuts me off or there's an accident and or someone decides you know what they want to try to make the light and then they block the traffic so you can't pass and so you know which happens here a lot in los angeles uh unfortunately but it does come thank you but when it comes right down to it is the fact that you know what? I'm. I was not the one in the accident. Okay, so I'm gonna. You know, uh, if I had, if I'm, if I left when I was ready and I came in, great. That's why I try to come in earlier to meetings because what happens if the meeting? You know, uh, in Los Angeles we go in, and we have meetings that are on, based on a couple Zoom accounts. So what happens if the if the meeting before yours didn't turn off the Zoom account ahead of time? well it's good to then be able to go on and contact those if you come in right at that time and no you know everyone did that then the meeting would always start late so so you know if you can do it you know don't delay and so right now that's what i'm trying to do at least spend 15 minutes of things that i need to do so i have a list which i try to do every day and that list is Grows and shrinks according to the things I might need to do. Uh, There is one of letting go of the past. Um, There's a line in the big book. uh, For me, I don't know it uh, verbatim. But it's letting go of the things from the past. Well, I have a lot of little stuff in the past that I don't let go. And so I've been going through a perpetual uh, spring cleaning for the last 20 plus years. Uh, Maybe more uh and so every day i do a little bit and i'd like i don't have to get the whole room clean i don't have to get all my stuff done but i do go in and now i have i have when i go out it, it's one of three items am i keeping it and going to use it is it something that i need later on or i want to store and save is it uh which is sorry that's also number one number two do i want to throw it away and number three don't can do i want to donate it those are it and those are the three things. And if I if it's one of those, if it's number one, then I just I can put it aside and try to put it in its place. Number two and three, instead of trying to do it all in one go, I now start going every day when I'm done, or every couple of days, I then either throw it away or I take it and donate it. I don't have to do it all in one big pile. So I don't have to do it perfectly. And that's one of the things that just was really Evident is the fact that I still try to do things perfectly because, to me, when I was growing up, it was very much that I was criticized when I didn't do things right. Uh, I didn't tie my shoes right. Uh, I didn't. uh, I had an issue with my socks; the fact that there was a seam on the inside it bothered my feet, my toes. So I had to invert my socks. As an adult, I look back and look. My parents could have just given me that. uh, You know. To un, you know reverse my socks you know but you know they didn't think of that whatever it is as an adult i can say that i can look at it and say that could have been an easy thing to do my role is the fact that right now it, you know it doesn't bother me now but uh i would i you know do i still want to carry that around and it's tr- it's sometimes i still do and it's all, i will always have these resentments And these resentments are easy to do, especially with my family and with concerning, but it's letting go of, you know, trying to let go of that emotion that, you know, that goes with it. And so, uh, yes, it's easy. You can forgive, but don't forget, you know, which comes up. And uh, overall, when it still comes down, sorry, I also like to sometimes go a little bit off track. So uh, uh, I will try to get back on track, um, but how it is right now, one minute, thank you, I, re- I try to be of service, uh, not expecting anything from that, I try to, I know I'm in a compulsive overeater for the rest of my life, when I'm asked to do a service, I do, and I look at this as a fact that what can I do today, I will still fantasize about the future. I still think of the past, but when I do, I know that distracts me from what today is. So it's one day at a time for me. It's what can I do for the next 24 hours? Because that's all it is. And I know it sounds, you know, it's this thing. It sounds kind of easy. It's sounds. And then its I know, when you look at it and you're like, oh, I can't do it. That's why I talk to my sponsor. If I am having trouble with it, uh, or I talk to a fellow, The issue was one of the times when that came up was I wanted these fries, which this one person I went to a baseball game and they bought fries and put them next to me. And then they didn't eat them for four innings, which is, you know, four turns at eight turns at bat for teams. And I couldn't comprehend that. How can someone buy this? Let that warm, wonderful smelling item sit there for all the, for like a half hour, not even touched, uh, and that's what makes me a compulsive overeater. So uh, I texted, you know, my fellows, and sure enough, they I got support. And that's what this program has given to me is people I could talk to who understand exactly what I'm going through and who understand that. So with that, I thank you for being invited. Thank you for letting me be of service and turn the meeting back over to Rita. Well, oh,
0: thanks so much, Mark. That's lovely. Thank you so, so much. I'm just going to read now um, a little extract from the big book after Mark's talk. Um, It's one of the stories called Because I'm an Alcoholic. The most precious discovery is who I really am. Like all of us, a being far beyond any of the ego selves, any of the fantasies I'd made up. That sense of being different, which had long plagued me, disappeared when I saw the threads that run through all of us. Sharing our stories, our feelings, it is the areas where we are the same that impressed me. The differences are but delightful flourishes on the surface, like different colored costumes and I enjoy them, but the basic ways we are human, the basic ways we simply are, stand out to me now. I come to see that we really are one and I no longer feel alone.